welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Russell, for um, getting together with me to talk a little bit. So I'll give you an introduction, and then you can just fill that out if there's anything else you want to say about yourself. So you... um, you live out here, you're a neighbor, and I met you through um, the St. Louis League of Empowering Gentlemen. And uh, you're currently kind of transitioning. Um, you were in, how do you say it, actuary? An actuary. Actuary, okay. And and that's something to do with insurance, right? Right, we use um, math and statistics to solve business problems, primarily around insurance, because it's, it's evaluating risk. Right. And uh, probabilities of things and events happening and costs around those. Right. Okay. And you, um, you're married and you have a kids and you live out here kind of in a pretty neat place just out a little ways, right? Yeah. So we just, uh, my wife and I just celebrated our 25th anniversary and uh, we have five kids. Um, we moved out to this area about eight years ago and, and, um, Moved into an old farmhouse, one of the historic, uh, one of the older homes in the neighborhood. Um, has some history behind it, and it's it's kind of a cool place to be. Okay. Are you from this area originally? No, I'm actually, I grew up in Springfield, Missouri. Okay. So I'm still a Missouri boy mm-hmm. and love the Ozarks. Grew up in the Ozarks and played in the Ozarks, and it's, it's my, my home, and it's where my heart is. Um, but we moved up to St. Louis, my wife and I did, and up into that area about 24 years ago. So St. Louis area, metro area, has become home. Um, it's where all our kids have grown up, and, and to them, that's their home. Okay. And uh, how many kids do you have? Five. Five. We have five, okay. yeah. Are you guys homeschoolers? We um, we do homeschool our youngest. Okay. We sent four of our children to um, a classical Christian school. Okay. Um, where they you know they were focused on um, the trivium in terms of an educational paradigm. Okay. We've tried to keep some of that in our homeschooling, but yeah, when our, our fifth one came along um, and it got time to school age time, we uh, made the decision to keep him home and, and do the schooling ourselves. And it's something that we had talked about for years with our with our oldest ones and mm-hmm. just took us that long to get comfortable with making the jump. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're in between jobs and you're kind of, you have an interest in coaching, right? And uh, you call it mindset coaching? Yeah, so um, I, I am in Involved with a group and have been for the last few years that do um, transformational mindset and business coaching, um, and it's it, they've been transformational in my life to be involved with these coaches, and I've been training to do similar work with them. So I'm I'm currently in involved in a program uh, to learn the methodologies, to learn the all the uh, the approaches to become a certified coach so you um so your first experience with with that was by being coached is that what you're you were saying yes okay. yes and um how did you come upon this um as far as um you know to 
realize what this was and to know you were interested in it. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting story behind that because um, I had no idea what coaching was until a few years ago and mm-hmm. never really um, looked into this whole concept of personal development mm-hmm. um, or, or mindset had really been focused on that. But I went through a very traumatic experience in my life um, where the turning point was really about five years ago. Uh, when I was, and, and the story sort of starts a little bit before that, probably about 10 to 12 years ago, but I was, I was diagnosed with a rare disease called primary sclerosing cholangitis. It's a big, long mm-hmm. mouthful, um, but most of us just call it PSC. Um, and what PSC does is it, it's your body attacking itself and destroys uh, your bile ducts in your liver. Um, and it's a, it's a very, it's not a very well-known disease. It's, it's, uh, has certain pathways that it follows. And generally, um, the, the outcome is pretty much liver failure. Hmm. Ultimately, at some point, that's what's going to happen. And it, how it gets there from people are, are very different. But ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Um, and so five years ago, thankfully, I got to that point where my, my liver had failed, but I was received a transplant. And that was a, a great gift um, that, at the moment, I truly didn't appreciate. Um, there was a lot of pain around the event. There was a lot of struggle in my life, both uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, addressing that. And um, it was after that that I was uh, really in a very low spot in my life, probably about a year after the transplant. And um, not grateful for for what was, for the gift I was given, um, had honestly had some thoughts of, of ending it, um, was struggling with the pain of recovery um, and struggling with the fact that um, I was saved to go back to a life that I wasn't really happy with in the first place. Hmm. So it, it didn't feel much like a gift. Mm-hmm. Right? And as I um, began interacting with... Um, some other people and, and reading some things um, and reflecting back on some other things that had occurred throughout the whole event. Uh, it, for some reason, it dawned on me that, hey, this is my opportunity to rebuild who I am from the ground up. Um, and my body had been rebuilt. Uh, I had, a, you know, my insides changed over. I had a complete blood transfusion in the process. I was, I was physically very different than I was before. And um, it, it was that uh, dawning upon me uh, through, I, I, and, and I don't remember the exact path, you know, what exactly occurred that helped me re- see that. But I, I started spending every morning uh, thinking about who do I want to be? Or asking myself the question, who am I? Um, and approaching it from a point of this is my chance to define who that is and really discover it. And it isn't something I'd never really thought about before. Right? You just kind of go through life. You do the things that you're supposed to do. You go to college. You get a job. You have a family. All the things you're supposed to do and that lead to success. And I had a very successful career. And I had a very, you know, a large loving family. 
Um, so I had all the markings of success, but I didn't feel that inside. Uh, it was through that journey of trying to discover who I am and define who I am that um, I came across this group of uh, David Bear, this man David Bear, who does the mindset coaching. And it's, it's through his organization that I got plugged into. Um, and it was very transformational for me to start understanding how how the brain really works and how impactful the things we think about are on our lives and how they they show up in our lives and that when we focus on discovering the truth for what the truth really is and stop um, uh, or replace I guess the the untruths that we often think about that our lives begin to change dramatically so um, before um you know, this disease, so you were not um, super happy with your life. Um, like I was just talking with a mutual friend um, uh, yesterday, um, Jerry Johnson, and uh, he um, he said, yeah, as an actuary, you know, you weren't, you know, you were making a decent living and so forth, but you really uh, weren't happy with the work. But... Um, so you, you were mentioning you weren't grateful for the gift you were given, and that's like because you were uh, just not so happy with the life you had before that, I guess. Is that... Uh... Yeah, so um, I, 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 actuaries, for, for many years, uh, actuary was uh, the number one job on U.S. News and World, year after year. Hmm. Right? Because it's, it's a well-paid job, and... Um, it's it's um, a low risk job. There's few people that have actually gone through the path of doing that, so there's high demand, hmm. right? So it's the whole supply and demand curve. Well, why did you choose that job? I chose that kind of. Um, one was because uh, when I was in college, math was this, my subject. Okay. It was what was easy for me. It's what I enjoyed. And I was moving down the path of um, becoming a math professor. Okay. And I enjoyed helping people and teaching and, mm-hmm. and all that. Um, and, and at the time I moved into the insurance industry to become an actuary, I was, I was still in graduate school. I was... Um, working on my my uh, master's degree and it's about the time I got married as well and started to have a family and working as a um, uh, an adjunct faculty member at a university is piddly in terms of pay and it's hard to support a family and so I moved into this opportunity for a full-time job with benefits and you know just just started going from there Okay, we got yeah a lot of noise going on, but I don't think it'll last too long. You know, just what's a typical day of an actuary like? <clears throat> um, it's it's really about uh, solving business problems. So the the two generally. Um, the kind of questions we're trying to ask is 
what's the likelihood that a particular risk is going to happen? And I worked in the medical malpractice Mm -hmm. field. So it was the likelihood that something was going to go wrong at a hospital and a doctor was going to get sued or the hospital is going to get sued. Mm -hmm. And then if that happens, how much is that going to cost? Mm -hmm. Right. So those are the questions you have to answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then how do you share those costs fairly among all hospitals, given their particular risks and so forth? And most of us are impacted by work that actuaries do. We just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Like if, you've, if, you have, if you own a home, you have home in, insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere there's an actuary trying to figure out how much it really costs to insure your home. If you drive a car, you've got auto insurance. And somewhere there's an actuary that's trying to figure out what's the likelihood that you're going to get in an accident and how much is that going to cost based on the car you drive and where you drive and all those things. So those are the kind of questions we are mm-hmm. are trying to use math and statistics to solve on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Is the reason that life wasn't so satisfying for you, is it um, due to like your profession mainly, or were there other things as well? Um, I think there were, there were definitely other things. Um, yes, the profession, and I, and I, don't, I had a good job, and it, mm-hmm. I was grateful for the work that yeah. I did, um, and was good at what I did. Um, and so I, it, it wasn't necessarily just that. There was a general um, uh, generally, there were a lot of things that I, I, that weren't fitting in my life, right? So um, typically, and I find this is a, a common issue among men is that we go off to work and do our job to support our families, but there's little opportunity to build relationships with other men. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't a, a very strong um, connection or with other guys or, or strong friendships that were developed outside of, um, strong relationships generally outside of work and family. And, you know, the ones at work are kind of forced upon you and even though I liked the people I worked with, um, it's, there's, a, there's a certain level that that relationship doesn't go to, right? Mm-hmm. So that lack of relationship was one thing. Lack of being able to spend time on the things that I enjoy doing. So there's many times that I put aside the things that um, I wanted to be doing to do the things I thought I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those that I've uh, um, thankfully um, has come back into my life. When I was a younger, I used to study martial arts, mm-hmm. karate. And at some point, that led me on a journey to Japan to study there as well. Oh, really? Wow. So it was, it was a big part of, um, of my younger mm-hmm. life. And um, when I, I got married and became responsible and had to, you know, work the job and all those things... Um, I I put those things aside mm-hmm. to do what I thought I was supposed to do. And again, um, I don't say that to complain or um, it's just in hindsight looking back that I, would all, I was putting myself last. Um, and that, that's, that's the uh, sort of the story that society tells us that we're supposed to do as men and providers of our family. Mm-hmm. At least that's the story I was buying into. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, after my 
surgery and, and during the recovery, I started to realize that um, it is my life and that there are some things that um, make me who I am that I shouldn't just be ignoring. And uh, so now I, I participate in martial arts again. And, and thankfully, my son, my youngest son, does that too. So it's something that we do together and we bond together. Mm -hmm. um, but it's become a, an important part of our, our lives. In fact, both of us are, um, have earned our black belts over the last few years. Okay. And so it's, uh, it's something that we, we both enjoy and work on together. Hmm. Um, you mentioned um, earlier... A I guess concerning truth, um, uh, I mean concerning coaching, you know, like aligning yourself to truth. So, what do you mean by by that? Are you um, like uh, what do you mean? Is there like falsehood that we tend to align ourselves with, and we? So, what's that referring to? Yeah. So. Um our, our brains are interesting things, right? That they uh, think all kinds of thoughts. And we get stuck in certain thought patterns. Um, one thing that we've uh, of learned and um, what we teach is that if, if we, there's really only two states of being. Um, there's a beautiful state and a suffering state. And our... Um, living in these two states is always driven by how we think. Um, and so if, if we take an example, um, if we're focused on worry, um, that puts us in a suffering state. If we're worried, we're anxious, or we're fearful, these are suffering states. But um, when we're, we're living in love and compassion and joy, these are beautiful states, right? And we're always in one or the other, but we're, we're never in the um, um, two states at once. And we jump back and forth between these all the time. And really, everything we want in life is, is when we operate out of the beautiful state. That's when we connect with um, uh, God or infinite intelligence. That's where our creativity comes from. That's where all the, the things that we really want in life. But when we move into these suffering states, we get cut off from those. And those, those suffering states really just occur because of our own thinking. And it's, it's uh, when we look at that thinking, it's always that we're thinking something that's not true. Hmm. Um, and so that's what I talk about. Can we realign ourselves with truth by changing our thinking? And so a good example is worry. Worry is something that a lot of people um, deal with. We talk, we talk about it in the Bible. We're not supposed to worry, right? Don't mm -hmm. worry. If we look out in nature, worry doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. You don't see squirrels worried about where they're going to get their, their next nut. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't see birds flying around worried if they're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. You don't see flowers looking around and saying, oh, I'm worried that I'm not as beautiful as that flower over there. Right? So this is a, a purely human experience, um, and it's based on untruth. And if we dig into what that is, why we're really worrying, um, you know, we're, it could be that we're, we're worried about um, where or how we're going to provide for our family. Right? So this is a common worry for men. How am I going to provide for my family? 
And the the truth is that um, everything's always working out for us, and it's you're going to find a way to provide for our family. And when we stay in the present, um, things will work out. And, and I know that sounds sort of, you know, kind of woo-woo, but it's through faith and trusting in um, God or the infinite intelligence or, or supreme intelligence, whatever term you want to use, a higher higher power, um, that it, it works out. And if we look back on our lives, we can see that it's always worked out. Even in those times when we thought it wasn't going to, it's worked out. And so it's like delving into those understandings of what's driving us to suffer and looking for what really is true, that we free ourselves from those. So it's a pretty optimistic view of reality, I guess. Um, and I guess like, and, and kind of a separate question is, um, or something that kind of comes to mind when you know you're you're talking about that is, well, things don't always work out, like. You know, for example, the surgery and everything you went through. What if, you know, the transplant didn't come? And what if, um, you know, so, so yeah, we're fortunate. Things have worked out for us in life. But um, things just don't always work out. So are you saying that even when things don't work out, um, in one sense that they are they, they are working out in another sense or, or what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So this is, this is a, a prime example. We, we are um, fairly short-sighted mm-hmm. at times. So we think things aren't working out because we're stuck in the moment of seeing only the bad mm-hmm. that's going on around us. Um, ultimately, things always work out. And when you approach life from that perspective, um, it opens up the possibilities of seeing why things might be working out at the moment. And, and sometimes it just takes time to, to see that. So um, if we talk about things that don't go right or don't go as we expected or, or um, a lot of times that shows up in our lives as a fear of failure, right, or that things aren't working as we wanted them to be. Okay, that in itself is an untruth, right? Like when we sit there and think about things didn't turn out as expected and that they shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is that's what happened and that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And when we think it shouldn't be that way, we're, we're moving into that whole realm of untruth and unintelligent thinking, right? So getting back to do, do things always work out? Well, sometimes it's hard to see it at the moment, right? Um, and there are, there's always a blessing in those things that we think aren't working out. And, and those blessings show up in, in multiple ways. One, um, it could be that uh, it's, it was an opportunity for us to learn something that we didn't know before. And that, that contributes to our growth. It's easy at the time to think, oh, it didn't work out. But as we learn and grow, more things happen for us that are working out. Um, And so that becomes the pathway to something working out. Um, It may be that it's a reflection 
a time for us to reflect upon ourselves and learn more about who we are. And again, that's a pathway to growth and to things working out. Um, it may be that uh, we're being redirected to go down a different direct, a different path. Um, um, uh, if we go back to the specific example for me, right? It's it's very easy to go back and think about. Well, what if it, I didn't receive a transplant? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I did. Right. So, I mean, the, when we move down that path, we're de- we're dealing in things that didn't really happen. Right. Right. Um, and for me, it was a pivotal point that has sort of changed the, the, my whole thinking and outlook on life. Mm-hmm. And so it has worked out, even though during the time it seemed very dark, mm-hmm. right? And so it's hard for us to have that perspective of, of where things are really going at the time and when things are look like they're, they're bad and they're not working out. Um, we can remind ourselves that they are and that can help us get through that in a more positive way. Um, and when we look back on life, uh, we can see the truth of it that it has always worked out for us. And I guess there needs to be some kind of um, foundational view of, well, there has to be some kind of a view of God, a benevolent God, and there being more than this life. For this to really make sense, I guess, because, you know, in this world there's, um, people dying of hunger, there's tsunamis, there's like all kinds of tra- tra- tragedy type of things. And for um, that not to be a tragedy, there's got to be something more to it for this to really all make sense, I think. Um, I Yes, I think there is much more than we see. And that is... Um, And that is um, becomes foundational truth to to what we're talking about, right? And so when we we see that for what it is, um, that there has to be more, that there that it isn't just uh, um, our flesh and blood, right? That there's there's more going on around us and in the world, and that we're all part of some great connection in reality that extends well beyond ourselves um, that's that's the truth that allows that to to be so we can you know stepping back you can think about those those things that we talked you talked about hunger tsunami mm-hmm. and it's hard to see in the moment how those benefit um, mm-hmm. individuals mm-hmm. right or how they benefit us as a society uh, and sometimes it's years before we see the growth that comes from humanity because of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you do have to 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 take a step back and look at things from a larger perspective, and, and believe that there is something more mm-hmm. going on than just what we see. Well, what are your kind of more you know those foundational beliefs for you and um so um 
Yeah, what are, you know, and uh, why? Yeah. <clears throat> so I do, I, I believe that there is an infinite intelligence or or God, or, you know, whatever words you want to use that is as much higher power that connects all of us. I believe that we are all, as individuals, just expressions of that in a unique way. And because of that, we're all connected. Like, we're all part of the same collective. We just show up differently. Mm-hmm. We all have our unique perspectives. Um, no one's better than, no one perspective is better than the other perspective. They're just different, and it's that collective of us that creates, um, uh, you know, humanity. Um, so that's that's the foundation, right? That 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 we're all connected in some some form, um, and and when you think more about that, um, and start to live into that reality. Right, you got to wonder about the violence that shows up in our society, right? This is something that we're dealing with right now. That there's there's um, um, people aren't treated equally. Violence is a, you know violence is an outpouring of that, and if if we all were at a point where we realized that we're all one, that we're all part of one collective, that everything that I do to you, I'm actually doing to myself um, because we are part of that unity. Um, I believe that that would change the way we treated each other in the world. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So why do you... You mentioned God or a supreme intelligence or anything like that. Um, why? What gives you confidence in that rather than just a strictly materialistic uh, viewpoint of just what we can sense with our five senses? Um. Well, I think there's there's a, a number of things. Um, one is if we look at the great thought leaders and teachers of the world, it's something that they talk about. It's across all religions, across all cultures, across all of history. Um, this is a topic that's brought up again and again and again, that there is a higher power, that there's something more going on, you know, um, and as I look at the, the, my own life and the experience that I've had, things happen that consistently are um, hard to explain just through materialistic world, right? Or a chaotic world. Things seem to always work out. Even the bad times, when I thought they were bad times in my life, they've been situations that have moved me forward and helped me grow. And if we look at it from a societal perspective that's the same story is that even when we go through rough times as a as humanity it's always for our greatest good it's always to move us forward and to grow us as a um, collective okay so it just seems to be the um, sense of 
humanity that there is this higher power and the great uh, the leaders and so forth are in consensus on this and um, well I think we can look at science too okay and what we keep learning and emerging from science especially as we study quantum science and quantum mechanics is that there's this whole um, connection that exists um, that we live in a vibrational reality that everything is vibration Mm -hmm. Um, even our thoughts are vibrations right and everything is consistent of energy Um, and so when you look at just the fabric of the universe there's a unity a consistency of all that that exists Um, There's a huge conversation there that we could have and go on and on about. Mm-hmm. But okay, um, you mentioned uh, perspectives about, um, and I can kind of see like different perspectives. There's there can be some truth in in a lot of different perspectives. Um, but I, I guess, um, um, but, but you're not saying like, there's not right and wrong in perspectives. Like, um, um, you know, I, so I can kind of, I probably, I think I understand what you're saying. You're, you're, uh, you're, you know, you got a lot of different worldviews and so forth, and they're coming from something they're experiencing. So, and so there's some truth to that. And it, um, but um, it's not that there's not like someone who's getting it right and someone who's getting it wrong, right? Or, or what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's. Um there are a lot of different worldviews, and we all are approaching life and reality from from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Right? And there are some common threads that flow through all of those. Mm-hmm. You know that um, I would say are ultimate truth. Um, and there are different nuances throughout that that we all bring and see different things. Right, yeah. and it's hard to say which one's right or which one's wrong, especially when things look like they're in conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes, those things that even look like they're in conflict aren't really in conflict. Right? This is this is the same phenomenon we see um, all the all the time. Uh, in if we look for eyewitness reports, two people can witness the same event and they have very different perspectives on what happened. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that one was right or one was wrong. They saw completely different aspects of it, right? And, mm-hmm. and as humans, we only see a small perspective of what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we see is based on our, our own personal biases, our own belief systems. And, you know, we always align what we're interpreting in the world with those things. Um, so it... it it can't, I think, multiple um, what could be seemingly contradictory ideas um, may not be. It doesn't mean that contradictory ideas don't exist, mm-hmm. right? That sometimes uh, thing we're wrong yeah. uh, aren't aligned with the truth. Um, mm-hmm. 
but when we start talking about all these um, different worldviews and and religions, it's hard to parse out um, necessarily which one is right and which one is wrong. Mm-hmm. In fact, the whole concept of right and wrong is is something we could explore. <laughs> but okay, maybe well, not today. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, what do you mean by that? Um, um, yeah, go go a little further. Like, what what do you mean by the, the, the whole concept of right and wrong? Um, it, it's it's it kind of gets back to the whole conversation we had about how do we know um, if we're in the midst of something that's going wrong or feeling bad? Does mm-hmm. is it really really wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that all things seem to be working for us for our greatest good at all times. Um, but when we're stuck in a moment and looking at our, what's going on around us, we don't necessarily have the full perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's easy for us to jump to a conclusion that this is not working out or this is, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So it's 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 a little harder to be um, so dichotomous in our thinking, right versus wrong. Um, there's obviously things we don't like or don't want to occur, um, things that we don't prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to tell how those things really impact us in the long term. Like, I didn't prefer to go through um, having uh, transplant surgery and to go through all that disease Mm -hmm. and how it impacted my life. I didn't prefer that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's made me who I am today. And so for me to say that was the wrong thing for me to do or that was, you know, that was a bad thing Mm -hmm. to happen in my life, sitting at where I am now, I... I would say, no, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Sitting at it at that moment when I'm going through that, yeah, that was like, why is this happening to me? I, I, I don't understand. I thought I was a good person. I thought I did all the things right. Why, why am I the mm-hmm. guy who has this really rare disease that's destroying my body and seems to be destroying my life? Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, when we in those moments, it's hard to see because we we aren't given that gift of knowing what's happening tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know that. Um, and, um, but when we trust that it's all working out, mm-hmm. you know, then it opens up the possibility for us to see things differently. Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying, and um, sometimes. Um, yeah, when I hear, well, like uh, when you mention right or wrong, you know, I, I think, well, I kind of push things to their extreme, you know, like, what does that mean? Like your actuary uh, figures, it doesn't matter if you get those right or wrong, you know, or that um, um, there's not right and wrong in the world as far as like moral choices and stuff like that. But I think I understand what you're talking about. Um So, um, 
so you're, um, you know, we talked a little bit about um, when we were together for coffee before, you know, the Christian faith mm-hmm. and, uh, and you, um, you were referring to the Bible that you, you know, and you have seemed to have, um, you know, hold that in, you know, high regard and so forth and believe um, like the kind of the basics of, of things. Well, just what, um, how do you see the Christian faith or what are your thoughts about it? How, uh, what does it mean to you? Um, just, you know, how do you regard it and so forth? Hmm. Um, so I, I, I grew up in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, I was I was sent to church, right? Mm-hmm. So I I I, I learned um, from the Bible. Um, as as I grew and as my family began to grow, I was I was very involved in our church. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a deacon in the church. I you know. Uh, Led a, a children's ministry called Awana mm-hmm. uh, in our church, um, and often was teaching the the tenets of of the church, right, and what is shared with us in the Bible. Um, I I believe the Bible is a book of truth, right? There is much truth. It is there is truth in the Bible. It is based on truth. Um, as we were talking about earlier, sometimes we as as man inject our own biases and our own beliefs into what is being said in the book um, and that we don't always align our interpretation of it with the truth that is there. Um, So... Uh, I don't know, hopefully that explains. I, I believe that the Bible is truth, mm-hmm. right? And that when we as humans speak of it in terms um, and build in our own thoughts around what that truth was, that we can intend to at times pervert that so that it is not truth. Mm-hmm. That's not the fallacy in in truth. It's the fall. It's the fallacy in us, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and um, well, how do you practice the Christian faith, or what involvement do you have in it? And, and um. <clears throat> For for me, uh, it is is still through personal um, personal disciplines and personal rituals that I I practice that faith. Um, I I spend um, I. Sp- so some of the things that I try to do on a daily basis, uh, I try to practice gratitude on a daily basis. And one of the first things that I, I like to do when I get up um, is look around and think about the things that I'm grateful for, right? And we're told in the Bible to be thankful at all times for all things, right? This is a biblical principle. 
Um, uh, and so I think in a sense, when you practice gratitude, you are practicing um, the Christian disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend time. Um, I spend time reading um, of spiritual texts. You know, not always from the Bible, but sometimes from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Others that are talking about how the Bible is interpreted and how that the truth within the Bible. So mm-hmm. there's there's always a growth and learning process through there. I try to live through faith. I think taking on a belief that things are always working out for me to my greatest good at all times mm-hmm. is an act of faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right? That that's... And when I fall into those times, and I do, where I'm in suffering and wondering why is this going on and I don't see it, um, it's about taking that time to think about and ask myself the question, where is the blessing in this? Mm-hmm. How is this working out for my greatest good? Because mm-hmm. it's there. Mm-hmm. And we're told that in the Bible that if um, Christ is for you, who can be against you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're told that all things are working for us to our greatest good at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just different words, right, in, in the biblical test. So I think that is an act of, of um, living out the Christian faith um, mm-hmm. when you take on that belief and live according to that, mm-hmm. to that belief. Um, uh, for, for many during my transformational moments, transformational time, um, and, and we talk about in Romans and talk about, you know, being renewed by the transformation of our minds. That's mm-hmm. what Paul talks about. To me, I spent, um, when I was asking that question, who am I and who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. To me, that was a moment of prayer and connecting with the infinite intelligence, connecting with God, connecting with the supreme being mm-hmm. to say, what is my expression of you in this world, right? How am I supposed to be um, living that out? Who, who, who am I and, and why am I here? Asking those powerful questions um, and, and taking time to explore that. And many times, for me, that was a much more a spiritual experience. Uh, and I think it would be akin to prayer, whether we call it prayer or not, I don't, I don't know. But it was those moments of contemplation and sitting in the quiet and listening to the inner voice and the still voice. Um, that much of that, uh, the answers to those questions emerged mm-hmm. and are still emerging, right? Mm-hmm. And still growing. So it's taking those times of stillness um, to listen mm-hmm. as another discipline and practice. Okay. So, um, so I, I just want to get your thoughts on this. So you're, it seems like your, um, your Christian faith is a little bit more of a private type of thing. Like you, you're not a, a churchgoer at this time. And I can understand some of the frustration of, um, church where, um, traditional church where you're just kind of listening to, um, you know, a, a lecture and, uh, it's. It doesn't seem like there's the interactive element that would be nice if it was there. Um, 
but I also kind of think of, um, you know, identifying with um, Jesus as the king of the world, so to speak. You know, at the end of Matthew, he says, all authority has been given to me. And uh, throughout the, the gospel accounts, it seems that the, the main message is the kingdom of God has come. And I think that, um, you know, so there's this kingdom. And I guess I guess what I'm kind of getting to is that there, um, it seems to make sense to identify um, with Christ in some way with other people. Um, like there's there's this common type of thing like in the, the beginning of Acts, you know, people uh, came together. It was like they uh, they had this thing that connected them, and that was their, um, you know, what Jesus had done. And they were um, just, you know, blown away by it. And their life had changed, and that kind of brought them together. So how... Um, do you feel like any need in your own life for, um, you know, a connection with other people who also, you know, regard Jesus as the Lord and who, um, and then are, uh, you know, wanting to um, kind of complete each other? You know, the body, the, the Bible refers to like the body of Christ. So there's that um, organism element of it where together um you know there's love going back between each other and by this you know this is you know by this we're to stand out in some way i I suppose um i know i can i can kind of identify with on one side with um maybe this isn't like so structural as like what what the church looks like you know looks like but then on the other hand um i kind of have a tendency of pushing back against um well it's just kind of personal and we're all just in it together and there's there's not a kingdom of god and then the world you know what i mean so you have any thoughts about that type of thing I, I agree with you that connection is, is very important, mm-hmm. right? And that um, that's part of our human DNA is to connect with others yeah, and to find those connections. Um, in my experience <clears throat> and in the churches that I've been involved in, um, that connection wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and, and that could be me at the time. I'm I'm not faulting anyone in the church. I may have not been in a place where I could connect with others at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I agree that connection is important that you have to find others that are, you can connect with, Mm -hmm. um, and share certain truths around that. Um, many of the people that I connect with in my life are um, would self-identify as Christians, mm-hmm. right? And so my church might not be the same 
church that's a wall and a, a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have close friends that um, we have these kind of conversations with, right? Mm-hmm. And we explore the ways we can impact the world and how we live that out. And we have meaningful conversations about what values are you living by? What are you trying to accomplish in the world right now? How can I hold you accountable to do that? Mm-hmm. How are we going to make an impact? And to me, that is much more powerful um, and has a much more powerful impact on my life and the, the lives of those around me than um, a community that gathers to to sing um, and, and listen to the, the preaching of the word. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not saying that that's not important too. Mm-hmm. And for, for many people, that's very important, right? It has more impact on them. But for me, um, um, having a group of, um, and it's primarily men in my life now mm-hmm. that um, are action-oriented, that help hold me accountable to how um, these things are, are living out in my life and expressing in my life and and being willing to say, hey, I thought this was who you were trying to be and why are you acting like this, hmm. right? This doesn't seem to be in accordance with uh, the kind of man you are, are trying to be and, and so hmm. forth. Having that in my life um, in, in multiple circles has much bigger impact for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not out there just by myself, and it's yeah. yes, it's personal, and mm-hmm. it should be personal for everyone, right? Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. but it's not in isolation, right? I guess um, you know I'm thinking of like as a Christian, as someone who's allegiance is given to Jesus, how do we fly our flag, so to speak? You know, and C.S. Lewis, I think that's the reason C.S. Lewis gave for going to church. He said, it's um, it's kind of how I show the world, well, this is who I'm identifying with. But, um, you know, perhaps there's other ways to identify with, you know, to, to show others this is where I'm going. This is my king. You know, I'm in this group, and uh, my trust is placed here, so to speak. You know, um, you mentioned books a little bit. Um, what books have really made an impact on your life? Wow, there's a lot of books. We could talk about books for a long time. Um, uh, so a couple of books that I've been, one that I've read lately that's been very impactful is um, called The Power of Decision um, by Charles Raymond Barker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is um, uh, talking about, um, about our minds and how they work and how they operate and how impactful the simple act of making a decision has um, and how that manifests and impacts the reality around us and, and can change that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's focused a lot around aligning that with truth, right? 
Um, so that's been a, an impactful book. Um, um, a book I read many years ago that I, I struggled with um, and didn't want to embrace at the time was James Allen's As a, a Man Thinketh. Hmm, I've heard of that. Yeah, so it's, again, it gets back to how our thoughts really drive um, and drive our reality and manifest in our lives and and that we are responsible um, for a lot, for primarily everything that shows up in our lives because of how we think about it. Um, and, you know, I came across that when I was in the midst of my disease and didn't want to think about the fact that I was responsible for uh, or I had some responsibility for what was occurring in my life. Um, but now looking back on it and rereading it again, you know, I see the truth in, in there um, how important our, our thinking and our words are. Um, and so I've because of that that's these books like that has impacted um, how I think about myself and how I try to talk to myself um, and so there's a number of books in that that sort of venue have you ever heard of the five minute journal I have not so it sounds like it kind of incorporates many of the things you're talking about. So you can look it up. It's the five-minute journal, and each day you've got three thing questions to answer in the morning, two in the evening. The first thing is, I'm grateful for dot, dot, dot. And you list like three things you're, you're grateful for. The, the second question is, what would make this day great, dot, dot, dot. And you mm-hmm. list like three things which... It's kind of helpful because sometimes we just go through life automatically and we don't think, hey, what would really make a great day, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the third one you've mentioned is I am dot, 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 mm. whatever you put there. I think that's kind of like um, what's popular now is like affirmations, like I am, I don't know, powerful or whatever. <laughs> I, I tend to, um, that hasn't made a whole lot of sense, like I think this morning. So I, I, I do this and I think this morning I... I put something like, I am dot, 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 a man of dust or something, <laughs> you know, thinking of just the temporal nature. But it's, um, in the evening, there's two questions. Um, what, uh, three things, three amazing things that happened to me today. Hmm. And that's kind of helpful just to reflect on because sometimes the negative is what sticks in our mind, you right. know. And then the last question is, um, one thing I could have done to make today better. So it's just like a gentle nudge to think about well, how could you have improved, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's it's kind of an interesting. So yeah, um, even though I haven't heard of this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the morning practice is pretty much my practice. I start with gratitude, and I, mm-hmm. I then my next step is um, what I call powerful questions. What what do I want to ask myself and about how the day is going to go and to keep me in intention and awareness. Hmm. Um, and then it goes on to um, a visualization or journaling process of how do I, who do I want to become or how do I want my life to look like or 
what is that going to be? And and for a long time, it did start with just the I am. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the basis of it. I am every day writing out. I am this. I am that. Um, like I am like of like give me examples of what you mean by that. Um, yeah. So I. Um, um, I am resourceful, like is is one, right? And I am I am I'm not alone. I'm surrounded by a host of of um, a host that helps me, okay, and, and whatever that matter. Because so part of it was counteracting some of the things that I deal with, mm-hmm. right, and trying to overcome them. Like I fall into these thought traps that I'm I'm all alone and I don't have any help and I've got to do this all myself. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that I'm not all alone, especially if I believe in a connected universe, right? That there's an infinite intelligence, that there's God, that he's there helping me out Mm -hmm. and providing the support I need. And like when I get into these situations that are are, um, difficult for me because I think I'm all alone uh, and my resourcefulness kicks in, which isn't really just for me, it's from God providing me with thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. on how to address the particular issue, right? Reminding myself that I'm not alone and that I am supported. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of one of those things. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, I struggled with connecting with people for a long time mm-hmm. and feeling like I, I wasn't worthy enough to have friends or be uh, someone that people wanted to connect with Mm -hmm. so i transformed that into an i am statement you know uh, i am a unique individual that others want to connect with and i meet amazing people in my life Hmm. um and since then it's it's come true Mm -hmm. right and i look back and i've I've met all kinds of amazing people over the last couple years um, that i would have never connected with before when i thought i wasn't worthy of being someone to connect with mm-hmm. and it's not like i'm any better than anyone else that's not mm-hmm. what i'm trying to create yeah um but to recognize that i am unique mm-hmm. and you are unique right mm-hmm. there's always something to learn from others mm-hmm. um and there are mm-hmm. or, there are many amazing there are amazing people all around us mm-hmm. right? yeah so it's it's uh, those for me were statements to transform my mind and and to overcome the the places that I identified that were um, holding me back, or where I was I was living in untruth. You know, um, mindfulness is like a popular thing to talk about. Not mindfulness meditation and so forth. Is that a part of all of this for you, or is that really not so much something you're into? Um, I. I do try to practice some mindfulness techniques um, here and there. It's not like a standard part of okay. of what I'm I'm cultivating uh, in the mornings. Um, I think mindfulness is is really about being present, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I can I can practice mindfulness right now mm-hmm. and stay present in the moment and not let my thoughts wander off onto what what am I going to have for lunch or What's the rest of my day look like, or all those sort of things? Staying in the moment mm-hmm. is what uh, I think of as mindfulness, 
That's what, yeah, that's yeah. what I think of it too. Right, and you practice that all the time. Yeah, but it's kind of not so easy for me. Um, like, um, I think a lot of the ramblings of my mind are just not profitable. It's just kind of going over the same things and it's mm-hmm. not helping anything. And it would be much better to enjoy being in the moment. But perhaps it's just habitual that it's not easy to do, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if medi- if exercises would kind of help um, that to be a little bit more of a standard or help, you know, yeah. thing or not. I'm not for sure. But one thing that I've I've leaned into that I learned of, um, over the past few years is a practice called um, box breathing. Okay. So have you heard of this? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that helps me settle my mind a lot, especially mm-hmm. like um, doing things that uh, I get nervous about, or mm-hmm. uh, I'll take a few minutes to box breathe, and it helps really mm-hmm. settle my mind. I, I did some box breathing before we got on the mics here. Okay. <laughs> How did, are you wanting to grow right now? So, um, there are a number of areas where I'm, I'm trying to grow. Uh, and, and I have very specific goals in some of those areas. Um, one is continuing to learn and understand um, the whole uh, mindset realm and the coaching, how to help others mm-hmm. through that. So that's a very specific goal for me, and I, I do a lot of reading around that. Um, I practice uh, coaching individuals on a regular basis. I have a, a training program that I'm going through, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's one area of growth. Mm-hmm. And... Um, to what extent, I'm, I'm not sure where that's going to take me yet. I, I believe part of um, how I can contribute to the world in the future will be um, in that capacity. Mm-hmm. There may be other aspects of that, uh, of, of my contribution to the world in the future um, that extend beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are that's one area where I'm exploring. Um, a health journey for me has been one. Of trying to regain my health and martial arts has played a big part of that mm-hmm. and I continue to pursue that and, and for me that's another avenue to inspire and, and impact others um, five years ago I could barely walk um, because of, of where my body was and, and the disease that I was uh, dealing with and now I'm you know a black belt in karate and mm-hmm. and and Helping lead our classes on occasion and lead my son in his growth and development. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, those are some of the the things that I've been focused on lately. Is is growing my my regaining my health and um, building some additional skill sets and and looking for more ways that I can contribute to my family and, and to the world. Hmm. Has um, these changes in your life um, had uh, an effect on your family in particular ways? Um, yeah, so I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. And um, ho- hopefully, um, I think there's a more positive and, and loving environment in the family. 
Um, there's some very specific specific things that I can point out lately where um, I've seen these impacts on my youngest son and in sometimes very surprising ways, right? It's like a few weeks, maybe a month or two ago, um, he came to me and said, I want to start um, doing my schooling early and getting it done early, mm-hmm. right? So he started to be more mindful of how he was spending his time and, and the places where he was fighting going through his schoolwork and making it long days and that it was all mm-hmm. his sort of resistance to doing what um, he needed to do to grow that was contributing to that. Mm-hmm. And for an 11-year-old to come to that awareness and to say, oh, let's do things differently was pretty striking. Hmm. Um, and so he sets the alarm for himself and says, all right, now mm-hmm. this is when we need to start and I want to be done by this time. And, um, hmm. you know, and he has a much better attitude mm-hmm. about it and he's much quicker at recognizing when his mindset is driving him into a place where it's not productive cool so that's just one example of you know some of the impact that mm-hmm. has shown up are there any you know you've gone through a major life struggle um already is there anything currently that you're going through when you think of like this is the obstacle in my life or you know that you're trying to get over? Well, the the big obstacle for me right now is um and you kind of mentioned it earlier as part of um right before the quarantine from COVID, I was let go from my my current job. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm in a in a moment of transition and uh uh, my challenge is how do I provide for my family mm-hmm. going forward? Um, and, and this is a, a good example of how um, mindset can make a, a difference. Like someone in the same position could be... Right now, I'm in a, in a great... Um, I'm living in a beautiful state. I'm excited about the possibilities that are ahead of me. I know something better is, is, is coming. Every day I'm in action and learning and growing and and developing new skill sets to prepare myself for whatever that next thing is. I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but I I have faith that everything will be okay, that my family will be provided for, and that it will turn out for our greatest good. Mm -hmm. Someone in the same position could be sitting at home and uh, worried about what's going to happen feeling like they're a failure, mm-hmm. feeling like there's no hope. And the, they would be in a place of suffering and are likely to be less um, action-oriented towards looking for opportunities or growing for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a call the other day with, with uh, a friend and... Um, just because of, of of the conversation was like, hey, would you want to come help me do this for a while? Um, so those those things pop up and opportunities pop up when you're when you're living in that beautiful state. And I have no doubt that we will be okay and everything will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. But that's my challenge. You know, there are days when I'm I get worried mm-hmm. and I start to to freak out, like, oh no. How's it going to happen? But it's it's when I come back to 
and remember um, that this is happening right now for my greatest good. And I can look at all the blessings, how much time I've had to spend with my family lately Mm -hmm. that I didn't have before. Um, I've been able to homeschool, be part of the homeschooling of my youngest son. Mm -hmm. And so I've taken on teaching math. One of the things that I love to do and wanted to do, Mm -hmm. um, we've been studying poetry together, Hmm. uh, which wasn't part of his curriculum before, but he's he's written some amazing things for an 11-year-old that I was like, wow, Hmm. how insightful. Um, And to be able to have that connection, I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, to the extent so that that's been a blessing I've been able to um, meet so many new people mm-hmm. during this period I know a lot of people have gone into isolation but because of that there's numerous groups that have gone virtual mm-hmm. that I can now connect with and I've made numerous great friends in the last two months mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, even during isolation mm-hmm. and social distancing um, and I've got an opportunity to go uh, do some trips with my family and to go meet some friends that I haven't been able to spend time with in a long time. So there's blessings there despite um, what could be seen as a setback, mm-hmm. right? And it's given me the opportunity to, to, to study and learn other things that I, I just didn't have the time for before. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Um, well, is there anything else you want to bring up before we just wrap up? I just I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here with you and and share uh, my story and things that are going on with my life. And I just um, my hope is that that um, is helps others and hopefully inspires them and to um, look for the blessings in their lives. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Thanks, Russell. It's been good talking with you. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. If you use a podcast app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life.